0: Welcome to Not Your Father's Data Center Podcast, brought to you by Compass Data Centers. We build for what's next. Now, here's your host, Raymond Hawkins.
1: Thank you for joining us, everybody, for another edition of Not Your Father's Data Center Podcast. Uh, We are... um, Glad to be joined with a couple of guests today. Before we get into that, we just want to um, remind you what we're trying to do here at the the Compass Podcast. Um, We sit down and we go to dinner with our friends and we talk about politics, we talk about religion, we talk about sports, and we talk about work. And What we hope this podcast is, is is your opportunity to sit down and just hear us talk about work. We're we're, we're grateful to be in a great industry that's constantly growing and working with great people. And We want to sit down with those folks and talk about what makes their world uh, go round and and have you listen in with us. and and maybe uh, join us for a a future broadcast. We are joined today um, by Loudoun County's finest, Buddy Reiser. Uh, I think he's too modest to tell you that he was a famous uh, Orioles broadcaster before he helped revolutionize the data center industry. So Buddy, can you give us a little history there and uh, tell us your story before we get rolling?
2: Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. This is this is going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to the conversation. Uh, I've been with Loudoun County Economic Development in Virginia now for 13 years, and it's been uh, the ride of a lifetime. I've really enjoyed working with the data center industry to build Data Center Alley into really the largest concentration of data centers anywhere in the world. Uh, before that, Act One was on the radio, Uh, sports and rock and roll disc jockey and uh, eventually radio station owner. And, uh, you know, kind of taken those skills that I learned doing that and kind of brought it to uh, the public sector and have just had a a wonderful time.
1: So, David, you and I are going to sound like the rank amateurs on this call. Yeah,
2: (laughs) no surprise there. All right.
1: Hey, buddy, before we get rolling uh, with David's introduction, so so I think this is a little bit like um, rarely, uh, so I've not gotten to sit in the room with Michael Jordan uh, uh, ever, but that would be in the room with the greatest basketball player ever. Uh, I've not hung out with Michael Phelps, the greatest Olympic athlete ever, I think based on gold medals. So talking with you today is like talking to the greatest economic development guy ever. I think that's a fair characterization, wouldn't you? (laughs)
2: Uh, listen, I I don't I don't know about that. I mean, I think that that what we've been able to accomplish here in Loudoun County has has certainly been in game changing. I mean, in 13 years, we've been able to take the uh, commercial tax base from 19 to 36 percent. And a large part of that is thanks to our friends in the data center industry. So I think there's, uh, there's the opportunity to be lucky and uh, maybe being able to be smart enough, uh, whatever that level is, to be able to take advantage of the luck and, and do something special with it. And I think that's what we've accomplished here.
1: Well, there are TikTokers and Snapchatters and Tweeters all over the world that don't know how much uh, gratitude they owe you for what you've done, <laughs> buddy. So we, we, we appreciate getting to spend some time with you.
2: Now it's my pleasure.
1: So, David, let's uh, let's take a few minutes and and tell us um, a little bit about you and where you started. I, I know you weren't an Orioles broadcaster, uh, but we still want to understand uh, the the beginnings there in the Liggett household and uh, and and how Data Center Hawk got off the ground.
0: Yeah, that's uh, you bet. And I would have loved to have been an Orioles broadcaster. You, you and me both. <laughs> you and me <laughs> both. Yeah. Uh we started Data Center Hawk five years ago, really with the goal of helping provide data center professionals with the best information in the market. Uh, You know, this is, as, as, you know, both of you know, and then those that are listening as well, you know, this market has grown exponentially over the last, you know, five years, Uh, you know, a lot due to Buddy and and his team's hard work and and other groups across the U S and the world. And so um, I originally started out in the, uh, the brokerage business shared, um, you know, with you all on a call the other day that, you know, I I did not know anything about the data center industry before starting, you know, 12 or 13 years ago. But what I quickly realized was that information in the space was really hard to come by. And there was a lot of money being spent on big decisions. And so um, we have really aimed over the last five years to build an online platform that allows, you know, data center investors and brokers and, consultants, uh, providers, users to access information that can help them make decisions faster. And, uh, and that's where we're focused. So we uh, started in North America and focused there for three years. We have just now delivered information on Europe and we're seeing a lot of obviously growth in that those markets today. And uh, we'll have Asia PAC and Latin America information coming online here in the next year or so. So a lot going on here. And, you know, uh, to just to echo what Buddy said, I, I am very excited to be and just thankful to be a part of this industry. It's uh, It's been fascinating to watch it grow, and we're excited to see what ha- happens in the
1: future. So just to date myself a little, David, so you are the Encyclopedia Britannica of the data center industry, right? <laughs> Is that fair?
0: Well, That's a, you know, I, I appreciate the sentiment and, uh, it's, uh, we'll take it. You bet. And
1: without a doubt, the smartest and most handsome of the Liggett brothers, I just want to add, and I'm not taking a shot Uh, at Jeff. Just want to state that.
0: I appreciate that. I'll make sure that we send him a copy yeah I just just want to know he's going to listen.
1: I just raised our listenership by 50%. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, guys well I I want to I want to agree with both of you um, I I stumbled into the technology business in the late 80s and um, amazingly as the world digitized I, I got to be part of, a, of that rising tide lifting all boats and uh, and then transitioned into the data center business five years ago and and uh, I agree with both of you buddy you've had a much longer run at what you've helped uh, the, the world do there in Loudon County and um, David uh, y- your your sentiment about it what a great time Time to be in this space, um, it, it is, right? It's it's fun to have a business growing faster than all of us can candidly ser- service it, right? It, it's it, it's it's outrunning all of us, and that's a fun space to be in. Um, I, I joke with my kids when they talk about what they want to do. I said, you know, guys... Someone today is still making a living selling buggy whips. Um, a lot more people were making a living doing that in 1900 than doing it today, but someone's still doing it. Uh, I just feel bad for the guy that's making his living doing that. And, and, and for us, we're like buggy whip salesmen in the 1900s, so we can't make them fast enough, and it's fun to be in that kind of a business. So, so buddy can can you go back to, to 12 13 years ago when when um, you came over from the economic uh, came over to the economic development world there in Loudon County and said hey I got this idea what was there what was the beginning what was the nucleus how did you see it what how, how did that happen
2: well you know when I first started here in Loudon County uh, I was the first proactive salesperson that the county had brought in and you know like like any good salesperson i wanted to know well what's my product so you know we started trying to figure out you know where did we have that opportunity for growth we had AOL here from the late 90s and and UUnet and and MCI Worldcom built their their headquarters here and right before the the tech bubble burst uh, they started building up some buildings here that were going to be I guess what you call today data centers, but they had been empty for a very long time. So uh, that really made some sense to me. It's like, well, we've got these empty buildings. Why don't we try to fill those first? And so we tried to learn about data centers. I went and got a certification, uh, spent some time really getting to know the industry and then use that information to determine how we as a county would go forward to set up a program that would be something that the data center industry would be interested in. like David said, this is this is such a new industry. You know, when I was going to data center conferences back in the old days, you know, I'd be the only economic development person there. Now, you know you you go to conferences and sometimes there's more economic developers than there are data centers there uh, because everybody sees that this is such a, a a transformational industry to bring into your community. so, uh, I'm very fortunate to work in a community where I went to our board of supervisors and I said, this is what I want to do. This is my plan. And they gave me not only the budget to do it, but they gave me the the authority to be able to uh, make sure that we are doing the things that, uh, inside the county, like processing, like making sure that we do all the the right things to get people to market in time, and and it's been uh, it's been a tremendous run for us.
1: So so, buddy, as you presented it, uh, the idea, and you, you went and educated yourself and dug in and, and understood the opportunity. And I love the comment we had these empty buildings. By the way, what great references to to who were some of those early guys that that had buildings? AOL, UUNET, and MCI, Worldcom. Talk about blasts from the past and how quickly our business changes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if my children would have any idea what AOL is today <laughs>
2: um well, you know they're they're still they're still. So many entrepreneurs here that got their start at AOL or Uninet that are really still driving the business, and that's really exciting for us.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that that, that the 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 draw of brain power and and expertise and and whatnot that that continues even if the businesses and the names on the on the walls change. That's that's pretty awesome. So, buddy, you talked about getting an education yourself and pitching to to the to the county fathers there. How much did the network and the internet exchange? Because because like I read the book tubes and I read about how um, the internet grew and how data centers grew, and they talk about subsea cables and they talk about the network. How much did that play in a role? Play a role in your making the pitch for the county to to the county fathers there as well as to the um, as well as to to uh, customers coming to the county.
2: I, I mean, it's everything. Uh, I mean, when we were starting out, distance to Equinix was like the thing. You know, how close are you to the interconnection hub? Uh, so we had that asset, which was which was really important. Uh, then we would layer on top of that a a, a great relationship with uh, Dominion Energy. Um, you know, we would do our planning together. We would look at these markets and try to figure out exactly where and how long it would take us to get energy to them, then put the right zoning in place and work with our water provider to have recycled water in uh, data center alley. And we just tried to layer on top, but really, I mean, the base that all this was built on is the connectivity that, that really came here because of AOL and and UUNET and 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 PSI Net and on and on and on. So guys, I can
1: remember the great uh, the, the name for the West May West. What what was the East Exchange name? I'm, yep. some,
2: it's, it's May East. May East. yes. Yeah, so I couldn't. I to yep. make. couldn't remember
1: if it was, was what it was or not. All right, guys. <laughs> Very cool stuff uh, and and neat to to have the perspective of being there when it started and and the why and then and where it's headed today. Um, guys, one other just as it, fascinating is is about where Loudon County started and where it's come, Um, I I get the sense from the uh, folks in our business, um, this is such a capital intensive business. There's lots of smart people with big um, um, uh, pools of assets pursuing our industry. And 2018 just felt awesome, right? It was an incredible year. Um, I think 52, 53% growth year on year. And I think 19 didn't feel like that. Uh, tough compare year. And and so I get asked a lot of questions in my role uh, by our investors and our capital partners. Hey, what's what's the future look like? Um, David, do you mind just, uh, I think you have as good a lens uh, globally as anybody on, on our industry. Um, with, with, let's just take that premise as it is for now that 19 didn't feel very good. Uh, What does 20 look like? And then we'll come back and talk about what was 19 really as bad as we think. Yeah,
0: that's a great, uh, it's a great question. And it's something I think the entire industry is trying to get their arms around or have a, you know, good understanding uh, of so that they can make the best decisions they can, you know, moving forward. Uh, you know, when, when 2019 began, we actually did a podcast here in our, uh, studio that, you know, was, we basically said, Hey, we don't think 2019 will feel like 2018. And here are some of the reasons why. And, uh, I think at the end of the year, it, it played out that way. Uh, but you know, the data center industry of the last three years has really been a victim of its own success. And I guess what I mean by that is every time the, you know, uh, people in buddies seats would outpunt their coverage and do even better than they did the year before. Everyone was asking, okay, how good can you do the next year? And so it just kept ratcheting up, ratcheting up. And, and, you know, we just had massive, a massive year in 2018, not just in Northern Virginia, although that was a very large piece of it, but across the industry. And, you know, if you follow the space a lot, you'll hear things like we're, we're in, you know, 2019 was more of a digestion phase where we had some very large, cloud service providers that took you know some pretty large footprints not just in the US but other markets as well uh and you know they've they they've been filling those um, assets over time and so i certainly think that's a part of it um but you know we're we are encouraged already in 2020 just by some of the data that we're tracking as it relates to you know absorption uh in w- which is a i don't know a real estate fancy word for just you know tracking demand uh, but but certainly uh, we're seeing some good you know positive signs in the first quarter, uh, not just in Northern Virginia but other markets as well. Places like Europe, um, certainly companies are looking to get more mature in areas like Asia, PAC, and and Latin America. So you know from an industry as a as a whole, we believe that 2020 will be either equal to or stronger than uh, what we saw in 2019, and uh, I think we're starting to see the you know, beginning, uh, uh, pieces of the puzzle put in place to, to bear that out.
1: So, so um, David, we appreciate that perspective. Uh, you, you, uh, it's interesting that in 19, you, you you were already concerned at the beginning of 19 that it may not look like it. The, the numbers, the best numbers I can find, it looks like it was about a 9% year-on-year growth year. Well, of course, after a 53% year, 9% doesn't <laughs> feel good. But I mean, I, I just think our industry needs to keep some perspective. There aren't many 53% growth years in any industry.
0: Sure. And it's a great, and you, you know, Raymond, that's a great point. I think the hardest thing is just helping everybody remember back to times like, you know, 2010, 2011, when the market was literally coming out of, we traditionally, you know, companies would say, we've owned these assets ourselves. And you're telling me now that I, I don't have to spend that initial capital on, you know, doing it myself. And I can actually, you know, lease this infrastructure. And there's people that do this every day that my CIO can, you know, come through the space and go, this is a uh, well run, the operational team, the facilities well run, the operational team does a good job. And so, uh, you know, when we can kind of take uh, the industry back to, you know, three to four or five years ago, it's helpful. But I think what that points out is our industry is very young. You know, the fact that it we only have this history of about 15 to 20 years. And what I mean by that is just, you know, the growth of, uh, of not just you know, the leasing of data center infrastructure, but also cloud infrastructure and how much it's grown, um, you know, we've got about a 15 year look at that. And so it's, it's a fascinating time. And to your point, Raymond, it is important to help everyone remember, uh, the big picture and where we are, uh, in the cycles.
1: So, so buddy, I, I, when I think about, um, the supply of our product to our customer base, um, I think that the the um, I think of you at the beginning of that supply chain right I've got to find land I've got to do it in a uh, in, in a municipality that understands what I'm doing you talked about access to water and access to the zoning and, and access to power um, and and the things that you do to set up for success for our, for our industry um, buddy, do you track the other end? Because I, when I think about the two of you, I think of you at the beginning of the supply chain. And I think of David um, at the end of the supply chain talking about here's what's leased. Do you do you look at that stuff, buddy? Or is, or is business just so good in Loudoun County all the time, you're going as fast as you can go?
2: No, we absolutely uh, track that. I would say that... Uh... You you know, sometimes I would rely more on research that Dave has done than doing my own research. Um, But, I, you know, it's very important because, you know, we get about 85% of our revenue from the data centers, tax revenue, from the equipment inside. So that's really, you know, when that is brought online, when when the absorption happens, that's when our revenue really skyrockets as a community uh so yes it's something that's very important to us and you know uh we watch the way that these the buildings are developed and and it's uh, usually a just in time or you know maybe not quite as in time as as what some uh, of the sales people would like but uh yeah it's the 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 reabsorption and the continued momentum of sales in the market definitely is something that that drives our business.
1: So, Buddy, I, I like that you have that figure off the top of your head. 85% of, of your tax um, revenue from the R-Space comes from the kit inside the data center. I love that. Could you take a minute or two and just tell me how um, that tax revenue gets used in the county and, and, and specifically from a, what the county is able to do for their citizens? Because I think our industry at times, people look at us as a, um, as a user of electricity, as a large user of electricity, sometimes as I think that, that we get wrongly cast as not a terribly sustainable industry. But I think that the industry does incredible things for development. And I think you, Buddy, might understand that better than anybody. W- what does that kind of tax impact do for the citizens of Loudoun County?
2: Well, I mean, you have to remember where where we were as a community when I got here. You know, we're talking about 2007 or so. Uh, and, and you 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 start to think about, well, what was the economy at that point? Well, I mean, obviously the economy was, uh, you know, heading pretty far down. Um, 19% of our tax base was for commercial business. That means 81% of our tax base was on the backs of homeowners who were seeing their values dropping almost daily. And so what the data centers have done is, uh, because they don't use a lot of services, they are they are not intensive for a county or a community, um uh, because they you know they don't have as many employees and the you know you put all those things aside we get about $15 in tax revenue for every dollar they use in services which is which is tremendous return on investment um, for example what we believe is that in in the year 2020 this year this coming tracks year that we're in we're going to get about $420 million in local tax revenue from the data centers 420. That's 36% of the overall tax base in the county. And and what does that mean? Well, that means that we have been able to uh, do a billion dollars in road improvements, a dozen new schools, hundreds of new county employees to catch up with the citizens' n- needs. Uh, we've been able to bring Metro to uh, Loudoun County, the Washington, D.C. Metro. And we did all of that while reducing taxes by twenty-one percent in the last ten years.
1: So, buddy, I want to make I'm, sure I got that right. Did you say dozens of new schools? Uh, over a dozen. Over a schools. dozen.
2: Unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's transformational. You, I mean, if you just if if our citizens think of data centers as the buildings, and boy, you use a lot of energy, and you you know this, and that, then they're missing the entire point that you have to go beyond the buildings to the transformational way that the data center industry has impacted Loudon County and it's just it's it's just it's been something that has been just amazing and has set us up for success in in a way that you know, really is is a unique economic development success story.
1: Buddy, I got to tell you, listening to you, um, you, you sound like you've taken what people often um, use as negatives about data centers and throw stones at it, and you've turned it completely on its head because I'll hear people say, well, it doesn't offer enough jobs or it doesn't offer enough economic impact to people. Uh, and, and I think what I hear you saying is, I don't need to build an eight-lane highway to service a data center, right? They're not going to bring 6,000 new employees there that are going to clog my streets and, and cause me to fall behind from an infrastructure perspective, but they are going to throw off tax revenue that allows me to serve my citizens that are here today. And I think that's taken a negative and turned it into a positive or a perceived negative. And I, I, I love that outlook. That's a, what, what a great story, schools and well, roads and, and, and services, because the data centers don't need all of those things.
2: Well, and I think that that's, you know, when you're a community like us that still is growing at like 15 new residents every single day, and we're over 402,000 people now, and, and our unemployment rate is under 2%, you know, it, it's it's more about that revenue. And certainly we want to continue to build jobs. And and there's more than 13,000 jobs just in Loudon that, that are either in the data center, uh you know directly or indirectly working with the data center so that's a lot of jobs that's a lot of jobs i mean i certainly don't want to paint the
1: picture buddy that there was no jobs just you look at that building and you might go oh wow you could put three thousand people in there in that regard yeah definitely a job generator as well and good job generator
2: no question six figure jobs and and uh you know the technical jobs that are really important plus hold on on a minute buddy six
1: figures i gotta put in for a transfer to loudon county Exactly. Yeah, I'm like,
2: I'm, I'm going to get a hold of somebody there. Okay. Yeah, but but I mean, and then you start thinking about you know the impact that it has on construction. There hasn't been a day uh, without construction in Loudon County in 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 almost twelve years of data centers. Um, you know, I mean, it, this is, this is the kind of thing that really drives communities forward.
1: So David, don't you imagine, um, when, when they have the economic development conferences that, that Buddy's like followed around by autograph seekers and people trying to get selfies with them and all that, they're going, when I, when I grow up, Columbus, Ohio is going to look like Loudoun County. When I grow up, Omaha, Nebraska is going to be just like Buddy Reiser's Loudoun County. You got to know that happens, don't you?
0: You would think. Yeah. I've been one of those guys seeking one of those autographs. Yeah, yeah. Me. So
1: I knew, I knew it had to happen. You <laughs> know it on has to guys. happen. <laughs> No, that's how awesome is that? I mean, buddy, I'm, I know you're being modest, but it truly is an incredible story. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling your leg a little, but what an incredible story. I mean, I, I think because, to your point, uh, especially at Compass, we build data centers wherever our customers want them. And so we often go have these conversations with with AHJs and, and municipalities that don't understand the things that you understand. And and, and the fact that um, that that you get it and get it at such a core fundamental level is pretty cool to talk to.
2: Well, I think I, that, that for me, you know, I, I mean, it's just math, uh, and and that's one of the things that I, I actually happen to be good at is math. Not many other things, but math, and and when you look at the impact, it it just it just makes all the sense in the world.
1: Yeah. All right, that makes one of us on the call good at math. That's awesome. All right, David, um, as we talk about. Um... The, the, the future. Um, you, you talked about uh, that that you felt like 19 wasn't coming. I want to get us a little better oriented. Um, I, I've seen some numbers that that project growth uh, in, a, in about the 20-21% range for the next three years in the data center space. One of the things that scares me, I love uh, Sammy Brodry's work at, at Credit Suisse. He does a nice job with a CIO survey and, and understanding our industry and looking at the public's. Um, he's got a metric that measures the amount of construction as a percentage of the capacity online today and we've averaged about eleven and a half to twelve and a half percent construction in our industry to capacity for the last half dozen years that average is or that that um, uh, ratio today we're down to about four percent and by the end of the year projected to be right at two percent of active construction compared to capacity and 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 my fear is that, Um, a little bit of an overreaction that that 9% growth last year didn't feel like 53 the year before and we're overreacting and we're going to get constrained. And David, you have such a great global view of of the business. Does that, are you seeing that? Does that scare you? What's your perspective uh, uh, from a guy looking at absorption and look at all the markets, not necessarily crunching numbers like our friends at at Credit Suisse might be doing?
0: Yeah, I think that's a you know, that's a healthy take on what those numbers would uh, indicate. Uh, you know, I think certainly we've seen in the last several years, uh, you know, a lot more capital interested in the space and and then some of that capital actually enter the space. And, and so there's some, you know, there's been some dynamics around that that have, uh, and some people that were maybe a little late to some of the 2018 demand that you know, I think probably would pause for a minute. But, you know, what we've we've seen this happen before, where, you know, there there's a good amount of supply delivered, um, you know, maybe the, the pre-leasing, which is something that's pretty common in our industry slows down a bit. And so that, you know, brings some interesting uh, dynamics to the way that future supply is delivered. Um, and so that's something certainly we're watching, paying attention to. Uh, but I do think that, you know one of the things that we like saw transform the market you know three to four or five years ago was you know large cloud service providers um, deciding not only that they didn't want to necessarily only be in rural markets. So you know in areas where uh, you know the population was lower, you could get maybe a lower power cost and 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 regressive tax incentives, but they decided that they wanted to pull a significant amount of demand towards major data center markets like a Northern Virginia, like a Northern California, um, Chicago, Dallas, Phoenix, Atlanta, those type of markets. And so what we saw is a tremendous opportunity for growth in those markets. And I think that is a, watching that dynamic in 2020 2021 will be uh, interesting to see. And that will play a big part in how well the industry does um, as it relates to those users growing uh, to the scale that they need to. It's, it's, you know, I think one of the other interesting things is, you know for a long time, the inter- a lot of the international demand uh, has been, you know company u s based companies going into other markets and deploying their it infrastructure footprints. Uh, and you know we're now seeing larger uh, you know companies actually come into the u s. with larger demand. And I think that's uh, a, certainly an interesting trend to watch in. Uh, you know, 2020, 2021, which will increase that number that that you previously mentioned. The other thing I, I wanted to mention was, you know, Buddy had talked about the growth in Northern Virginia. And so when we started our company at Data Center Hawk, I just pulled these numbers off of our insight tool. But, you know, the the amount of, you know, multi-tenant commissioned data center power in 2015, our mar- the market size that we were tracking in Northern Virginia was 456 megawatts. And so, That's a you know for those that aren't familiar with the power game that's a lot of power that is a lot of uh, of commercial leasing of of power so it's 456 megawatts in 2015 in 2020 it's 1,209 megawatts so the market has grown significantly that's one thing I wanted to point out which really just shows how much Buddy and his team and others in that market have told the story of the robust infrastructure and the strategic location and the competitive market. And then the other thing that's really interesting, in 2015, we were tracking about 200 megawatts of planned projects in the market. Uh, and again, this is just, you know, uh, uh, opportunities that could happen in the future. And in 2020, we, we, we're tracking over 2,500 megawatts of planned projects. And all that means is, you know, companies recognize that this is an area where growth will continue to happen. And, and we certainly see that not only in um, you know Buddy's commentary and the things that we know about the market as a whole, but also in the numbers as well.
1: So I want to make sure I got this right. Buddy has grown Northern Virginia from 456 megs in 15 to 1209 in 2020, and he's only going to get Two hundred percent more of that in the next few years, another twenty-five hundred meg's. So, <laughs> so Buddy's not going to need any to be on government assistance or anything anytime soon. Is that what you're saying, David? Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Okay. Good. All right, buddy. Well, when we talk about Northern Virginia, though, I mean, certainly the the bulk of it is is here in Loudoun. but. You know, you start to look at Prince William and Henrico and and Stafford, and you know Virginia generally is a pretty good place to do data centers, and, and you're starting to see that grow throughout the throughout the Commonwealth, which I think is is very healthy as well.
1: All right, buddy. So let me ask you, see see if I can give you a little bit tougher one because you've handled you have slayed all the other questions. I do get asked this occasionally by customers. Um, being in Loudon scares me. Being in Northern Virginia scares me. There's so much concentration. What's the next? East Coast location? Um, when, when customers ask you, so, so I'd ask you to answer it two ways. When customers ask you that, what do you say? And if you had to guess what would be the next East Coast um, data center uh, hub, what would you say?
2: Well, I think that, that, first of all, I think that we still have a lot of uh, growth that, that can be had here. I mean, certainly if, if you're looking in data center alley proper, there's not much land left but you know like you guys have done compass has done you know they they're out on the, you know building a great new campus uh, out on the greenway uh there's plenty more land out there there's plenty more land over 50 at 606 so there's still opportunity here but uh if you had to push me to where i thought that there was going to be more opportunity outside of virginia you know i start to think about you know places like Atlanta, the Atlanta region or the the Charlotte region. And, you know, when they have, uh, you know, some of the great power uh, people that, are, you know, the, the power companies that do such great work in, in, in those communities, uh, having a power partner that that does that is is, uh, is probably, um, you know, one of the most important things that you can have. But I don't I don't know. And, and I'd be interested in, in hearing uh, both of your takes, particularly David's on this. I don't know that we're ever going to see a concentration like we have here in in Loudon County and Data Center Alley. I don't know that that's the model going forward. So I think it's a more distributed model. I don't know that you're going to recreate this on this scale, uh, but I think there's going to be opportunities throughout the country and and really throughout the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would agree. You know, because I think there's while there's you know an opportunity in places across, you know, the U S and world to, to grow opportunities. There's a couple of things that, you know, I think make the Northern Virginia story very unique. One is just the infrastructure that was there. I mean, buddy mentioned it before the network and how close can we build around that network? And, and this is you know, certainly a trend that we see in other places, but the scale uh, you know, it's, it, it kind of reminds me all the things had to be in place for, you know, that growth to take place, you had to have the the network, you had to have a mature uh, company that delivered power that could understand what the requirements were, you had to have people on the economic development side that could, could blend all these groups together and understand how to tell the story, right, so the growth could take place. So I, I think, you know, what we've seen in, in Northern Virginia is, um, it's a, it's a really interesting study on, you know, getting uh, the story together and being able to tell it well, and then letting the market do what it does, you know, Atlanta certainly has similar uh, components as it relates to, you know, a maturing data center uh, market. They they certainly have a, uh, you know, a large business base that is located there that t- traditionally most data center users, you know, they find comfort knowing their infrastructure is closer than it is further away. So, uh, you know, there's there's land there that you can grow, you know, certainly to the, both of the, you know, all directions of the city center. So uh, I believe that Atlanta is poised to do that. Most of the requirements over the past three to five years have really been more, most of them more retail focused, but, you know, certainly, um, you know, certainly some that have been wholesale in nature. But I think what it also speaks to the distributed model that, that Buddy mentioned is just the maturing data center user. You know, we have seen over the last, you know, five to 10 years, the data center user understand different technologies, understand their business better, be able to get more data back that really helps them determine, um, you know, where from a location standpoint is the best spot for this part of their requirement, while this part of the application could be better served in certain other areas. So I think, you know, all that said, um, areas like Atlanta certainly have the uh the dna and the things in place to to grow in the future and uh you know wouldn't surprise me if and we we have already seen some of the growth take place in the last uh you know couple quarters but wouldn't surprise me if 2020 is you know a great year for that market as well.
1: So, buddy, you, you asked uh you know what what would be mine and David's take around the will there be another Ashburn? Will there be another level of concentration? So let me run this theory by both of you and, and tell me what you think. Uh, at Compass, w- w- we we firmly believe that um, that that compute is is squeezing from the middle out toward the edges, and and here's what we mean by that. If if you think of um, wholesale data centers, frankly, the industry all three of us make a living in today. Depending on whose study you read, but let's let's just you know mash up everybody's studies together. It makes up about 32 percent of global compute is in a wholesale offsite data center today, and and um, that leaves about 68 percent, but not quite 68 percent. About 67 percent of global compute still resides in an on-premise corporate-owned. The company who owns the compute also owns the land and the building today, and and clearly we all agree in a hybrid. IT world, hybrid cloud world, that 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 on-prem 67 number is going to shrink and keep shrinking. I don't think it's going to get to zero, but it's going to keep shrinking. But it's not going to go 32, 67, to 99, zero. We think that 32 number is going to grow 55, 60. We think that middle number is going to get really small, you know, five, ten percent. But we think the rest of that is going to get shoved to the right side of the you know the visual, meaning the edge, meaning distributed compute. Um, And and because of that, I think what both of you are saying, Buddy, where I think your question was going of, hey, guys, I'd love to get your take. Will there be another concentration like Loudoun County? I think the answer is no, and and, and no meaning because we're going to get rid of that middle layer, not to zero, but largely compress that middle enterprise layer of compute, that on-prem corporate-owned middle, and we're going to shove it out to the two ends, which you're going to have this core compute that looks like and County, but you're going to have a good third, maybe 40% of compute that is edge compute. And today we don't all know what that looks like, right? Edge means different things to different people. But what I think it means is tier two cities, tier three cities, and even tier four cities. I'll just tell you, we have some large technology partners who are asking us about help in places like billings, montana and and, you know Boise, idaho. Th- those kinds of markets are coming. Um, do you guys conceptually, do you think that's uh, accurate? Love to hear you both comment on that?
2: yeah, i think I think you're dead on. I mean, I think that that uh, the way we are using and creating and 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 consuming energy or uh, compute these days uh, is going in that direction. and And I think that, um, you know, there's still going to be hubs, right? There's still going to be, you know, Dallas and Santa Clara and you know Seattle. There's still going to be hubs, but you know, I think that a lot of the compute is going to go where the users are, uh, and, and I think that that's going to be an important evolution in our industry. And, uh, and and I, you know, people always say, well, do you worry about that as a county? I, you know, I really don't. I mean, I'm I'm mostly concerned about the the health of our industry. Because the better the industry does, the, the better we're going to continue to do. So um, I, I think that I think you're dead on there.
1: And yeah, buddy, I think your business, where you're the core of the core, I think the core keeps getting bigger, right? I think that 32 number gets bigger uh, and gets bigger by probably at least on a single order of magnitude. But it, we the, that middle gets really really thin, and and, and that and then the distribution really matters. Uh, David, what do you think, bud?
0: Yeah, I think the. You know, I think everybody can win here. You know, the 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 and as it relates to you know where the compute goes and where it serves companies best, uh, and it really speaks to you know I, I go back to just my comment about the maturing user. Uh, you know, really speaks to the companies that are really starting to understand their infrastructure in different ways, and uh, you know I, I give a lot of credit to the the data center industry for really trying to get. Uh, to where you know the puck is going and not where it is today, I, I do think it's it's been a little slower than I anticipated, and and I think there's a number of reasons why you know, because we have been talking as an industry about you know edge compute for a while um and 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 I don't think the maturity is there just yet, but I do believe that we are seeing the market uh, need for things like this as well as the infrastructure that it would take to uh, you know, enable some of the upcoming technologies to work in ways that benefit businesses, uh, you know, in the most efficient way possible. So, you know, logically it makes sense. Uh, I think it's just, it'll be interesting to watch over the next, you know, several years and, and decade, um, how the compute gets, uh, pushed out and, and, you know, and then geographically actually where that happens.
1: So I think, I think David, it was, you, you used a phrase I jotted down. There's enough that we can all win. Um, this This is another one that I think um, the foundational aspect of our business, I think are is hard to get your arms around. and and so a couple numbers that i I remind my friends who don't understand what we do for a living th- of of where our industry is headed. Um, at the end of the day, all three of us get paid to to either either warehouse ones and zeros or, Talk about people who warehouse ones and zeros, or <laughs> convince people to put warehouses for ones and zeros in their county. Right? We're just a storehouse for ones and zeros. We run warehouses. They just we store data instead of other things. And and today, globally, there's about 44 zettabytes. I have no idea what a zettabyte is. It just means a lot. But in the next five years, that that number is going to quadruple. In the next five years, so so, so the number of places to put all those ones and zeros has to go up, right? I mean, so, so I liked your phrase, David. You said there's enough for all of us to win. The, the amount of, of tailwind at the backs of our industry, I think at times are hard to comprehend how fast data is proliferating. I think today we're at 22 billion internet-connected devices, rapidly going to get to 50 billion probably in less than three years. Um, just our ability to, pr- to c- produce data is accelerating, not decelerating, and that's what we all get paid to do, and I think it's hard to comprehend how big those numbers are. Uh, w- one of the ways I think that's a funny way to to, to, to um, uh, think about it, there are more cell phones globally than there are toothbrushes. It's one of my favorite statistics, um, 3.7 billion cell phones, only 3.5 billion toothbrushes. So there are more people creating data online every day than that are brushing their teeth. So strong tailwind our industry guys sure yeah yeah um, David another thing you alluded to you talked about the edge um, and that our industry has been talking about the edge uh, and that there are, there are things coming I think you're a hundred percent right we're still early I think that industry is still in a nascent phase uh, I think we're still two or three years away from the the real beginning of that becoming a commercial thing but but I also think that that it that it's coming and we can talk about all the interesting cool things that that, that people talk about in, in when they talk about you know autonomous driving and and things like that, but the reality is um, I think the, the the amount of the sheer volume of data and the cost to backhaul that data to where it needs to go is going to force us to solve this problem. And and I think most of us don't have any idea um, the the sea change of data that's coming when we switch our handheld devices from four G to five G. It's it's you know it's it's a hundred fold. Uh, and if we think we're growing data fast now, wait till my kids can generate a hundred times the data on their phone every day that they do today.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, certainly I think coming, you know, and, and the, the, the you mentioned a point, which I think is good. It, it is hard to quantify future demand. And obviously every industry tries to do it because people are making capital decisions around those projections. But I do you think there's obviously an interesting study on, you know, as technology gets better, traditionally you can put more into less and then you, 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 take that approach, but then you compare it to, Raymond, what you're saying, which is the data growth that's taking place is almost too much to comprehend. Um, you know, but it, it, it just points to uh, refurbished and re- revitalized strategies around how this data gets used, where it's being uh, transferred, you know, where are the most efficient places to uh, store You know normal compute and and you know if you have other applications where you can put it so you know i'm i am excited to watch you know right now we talk about major and secondary data center markets in our platform in our world as we track the sizes and the vacancy percentages and the absorption and all those things i think what i i'm excited to do is think about where our platform will be in the next five years as we start looking in those other places and we do it from a geography perspective but you know um where the edge will grow and how it will grow and the different products that uh, the end user finds uh, most helpful to their overall network strategy. So it'll be really fun
2: to watch. And guys, I, you know, I I, I agree with both of you on this. And, uh, you know, one of the things that excites me as an economic developer is, is watching the businesses that are being built on top of the internet and 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 utilizing the data centers and you know i'm talking about like health it and the wearables and and big data and the analytics and the predictive analytics that can come as part of this and and all of the the it's just it's like you know everything from e-commerce to cybersecurity it it, it it's all enabled by the infrastructure that has been built education public safety I mean the list just goes on and on and and it's it's this industry that that we're all part of that is really driving that that economic development growth you know on a global scale.
1: Yeah, here here here. David, you alluded to in in, in one of your comments you you said uh, hey people are trying to predict um how much, how big, how many, making large capital bets. Uh, and, and, and it's hard for us to get our arms around what does 176 zettabytes a data to mean. Uh, and, and you talked about um, that as the components get smaller, I get asked this one a lot by investors, and I just want to take one crack at it with 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 the two of you, and, and tell me if you if this line of thinking um, checks that box for you. I get asked, Raymond, as the components in the data center continue to shrink, don't you think it's irrelevant how fast data grows because it w- can't outgrow the shrinking components in the data center? So so this, just let me run this thought by both of you. I think there were three significant events in the data center that allowed us to shrink data center footprint. And just to give you guys some context, I started in the data center business when we used to call them DP, data processing rooms or computer rooms, so it's a really long time ago. If you say data processing to your kids, they have no idea what you're talking about. The first hard drive I ever sold as a computer sales guy was 5 Megabyte hard drive, and it was about the size of a of a Volkswagen um, Rabbit. It was a it was a big piece of equipment, and the the leaps forward that we've taken in shrinking the compute footprint were really threefold. The first was that we virtualized servers, so the average utilization of a server in a data center pre virtualization was about twelve percent. So that means you could have eight machines lined up in a row, and each one of them running at 12%, and you really only needed one machine. But because our applications didn't like to play well with each other, we would always stand them up independent of each other. So the first problem was we had to virtualize all of that utilization. So the virtualization of computers allowed us to take average data center utilization of compute from 12% up to the low 90s, most people in the high 80s, but you'll get some really, really good performers above that. So so that allowed us to shrink the compute footprint by 8x in the data center. That's big improvement number one. Big improvement number two is when we got to Put multiple processors on a single core. That changed the world. That allowed us to shrink the form factor of servers to where we could do blades and where we could do pizza boxes. You hear people talk about pizza boxes, one use servers. That allowed us to, com- to compress the physical space a single computer took up. Now I could compress that computer and I could virtualize it. And then the biggest one was we took that Volkswagen Rabbit hard drive that was a big spinning platter and we it on what's called flash storage or solid state storage memory no longer a spinning disk and that caused another eight to tenfold compression guys those three things have all already happened and I, and I go through those three c changes and i'm talking about from 2003 to about 2014 or 15. they've all already happened and you go walk in a data center today i don't know what other thing is going to happen that's going to cause Eight x, ten x, twenty x orders of magnitude shrinkage, and and so when people ask me, well, Raymond, don't you think compute is getting smaller? And I'm like, yeah, it did that. We we already we did the three biggies, um, and and I don't know where else we could go. So so David, let me me just let both of you respond to to that thought process. Am I off? Am I crazy? Or does that does that make sense? That whole
0: no, I think I think it makes a lot of sense. And you know, listen, we have. I mean, I think we we all know we have some very smart engineers in our, uh, in our business, not just the data center infrastructure business, but the, you know, software and the hardware uh, development side of things. And uh, to your point, I mean, we, the question is how much more can we do? And, you know, I, am somewhat in the same, and I don't want to get over my skis here, but I I would say, you know, from a similar perspective, uh, you know, I don't know how much uh, efficiency tuning you can continue uh, to dramatically impact the physical and the, the physical footprint, as well as the, you know, the, the the power utilization that that's taking place and where we are today. So, uh, but it but it certainly is. You know, I would say outsiders that are looking into the space, you know, sophisticated investors that are trying to understand the market. That is one thing they will bring up and, and just trying to get their arms around because uh, it it is a watching the growth over the last you know, several years, I think just speaks to the uh, the exponential utilization and 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 belief by companies that our market is continuing to grow. And that's been, I mean, for us tracking the market, seeing it change, it's been fascinating. I mean, I, I can't, you know, even it's hard to even put into words how much the industry has changed kind of beyond what we originally thought or what we thought three to five years ago and what we've seen. So uh, I think you're, you're, you know moving on the right path
2: Raymond. Yeah, and I think I th- I completely agree and you know one of the things that I get all the time is you know the community critics who like to say well, you know Moore's law and when somebody's going to invent this or somebody's going to invent that, you know Moore's law hasn't really been Moore's law for for a long time now. And and I think you reach a point where you know the innovation is coming on different areas. The innovation to me, I think the next innovations are around energy generation and storage and usage. You know, that I think that's where we see the next real big steps in evolution. But th- I think that the, the thing we all have to remember is, and, and you use, you know, the, the numbers and the way that we are expecting to to go from 44 Zeta bits to, and that will quadruple in five years, The uh, just the demand is going to be so high that, that there's no way that, that the, the, the technology can, can keep up with that. The, the the demand's gonna outpace the supply, I think for at least the next dozen years.
1: Yeah. Here, here here. Well, guys, I really, really appreciate both of you joining me and just letting us have a, a conversation about our industry and one that is exciting and fun and, and, and keeps all of us in groceries. I'm, I'm really grateful for that. I, d- I did want to tell you, um, uh, the, the the staff here informed me just as we came in that um, that we had just gotten some incredible deals on Big 12 basketball tournament tickets <laughs> and ACC basketball tournament tickets. So I wanted to be sensitive to both of your geographies. So we are going to sponsor you, you guys' tickets for the finals of both the ACC and the big 12 basketball tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. So we want you guys to enjoy that compliments of not your, not your father's data center (laughs) podcast and compass data centers.
0: That's awesome. Well, I just, Raymond, I just like to say, you know, again, from, uh, you know, an industry, uh, perspective at data center Hawk, you know, one, I would just say there's a reason that things have, have grown the way they have in Northern Virginia. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that, are behind the scenes doing different things and and you know buddy obviously is is one of those people the leader of of that group and and it's been fun to watch that you know part of the country grow uh, so from our perspective you know we keep uh, a close eye on it just because there's so much happening and we believe there there will continue to and then i would just flip to the on the compass side and, and raymond what y- y'all's team your your team is built and, and what you're continuing to build um you know the the I, I think, as a user looking at the data center operator community, you have to look at the team uh, that that has built uh, these facilities and their operational expertise. And it's it's um, you know clear to us that Compass has invested in a, a solid and well experienced team that you know has the potential to deliver not just capacity today, but capacity for a long time. So, from from Data Center Hawks' perspective, you know we think very highly of you know both. Uh, the Northern Virginia area and Compass.
2: And, and, you know, David, you know, thank you for that. Uh, I will tell you that one of the things that is most rewarding about this whole experience has been the people and, and it's for, you know, to see the group of people that really has driven this industry forward. And, and, and from, from what you do, David, to, you know, what you guys are doing at Compass to uh, it, it is an amazing group of people, and and working together, it's just incredible what has been accomplished, and it's been the, the joy of a career and the joy of a lifetime to be part of the data center industry.
1: Well, guys, thank you so much. We, 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 we think highly of both of you, and I, I thought before this podcast you were my favorite Liggett, and now, David, without a doubt, yeah. you're my favorite Liggett brother. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I've, I've accomplished my goal. Buddy and uh, David, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, uh, sitting around the dinner table and talking uh, business with us. We're grateful that you're both here. And if you'd like to uh, listen, uh, find our podcast, you can find it at uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you.